Yeah, I moved on, but I got the call. He actually didn't mention that I was hired. He just started like, we work like this. These are our clients. This is what we generally do. I asked, am I in? He said, yes, 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 because you have achieved more than we expected from you. So yeah, welcome to the company. Hello and welcome to the Scrimba podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful developers about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior developer job. My name is Alex and today I'm joined by Vikas Gianni, a junior developer who just tripled their salary within one year of getting hired as a web developer. This is a really good example of landing then expanding. In other words, once you get your first junior developer job, more and more opportunities unlock themselves to you every year. In this case, Vikas got an opportunity to start a new remote role where he was offered this impressive salary. It's really cool whenever any developer gets a free X salary increase, especially a self-taught one. After studying fine arts university, Vikas decided to take the self-taught route this time and taught himself how to code with some help from Scrimba. In this episode, you're going to learn exactly how he did it. We're also going to learn a bit about what it's like to study and find development work in India and discuss why Vikas kind of regrets working remotely as a junior developer. Kind of regrets. It's not all coding in your PJs and having baths at 3pm. Anyway, you are listening to the Scrimba podcast. Let's Let's get into it. I was into tech stuff since the beginning and I used to, you know, play around with custom ROMs in Android and and all. But I never thought I would be making my career in this field. And into I was good into uh, sketching and also I took uh, graphics designing in 2017. And uh, during that Corona outbreak, I had a lot of time to, you know, think about where my life is going. And ultimately, I one day I decided to be a programmer because I've seen some posts on uh, and also read some blogs and I found it very cool and fascinating so I decided to jump into programming but actually had no idea where do I need to start from so I heard about Python and I get into Python programming and I started from that Coursera course of University of Michigan I learned for 2-3 months and then I decided that it is not the right field for me because I was not very good in maths and so I de- decided to let it pass and then my college started again so uh, there was one year remaining for my college after completing my college i decided that yeah i'm going to be a web developer and i started learning html uh, it uh, barely took like one month for html and css and right after then i was looking for a good javascript course i find out about scrimba and i joined it immediately and very quickly i get the hang of it and it was because the uh, best experience i ever got in any platform because of the you know interactivity where you can uh, listen to the audio and try your hands on right into uh, that stream uh, that was a kind of a unique and excellent thing so I learned in Scrimba for like 1 or 1.5 months and that's when I started like going for interviews and all that's when I decided to do programming. Thank you so much for the kind words about Scrimba by the way because for anybody who's listening and hasn't checked out Scrimba there you go you should absolutely check out the 
career path. But just to come back to your kind of story, Vikas, you studied fine arts at college. Arts is very creative. Coding can be very creative. You levitated to front-end development, which is a bit more design-orientated compared to Python and back-end and stuff. I'm just curious, like, why did you choose to study fine arts? And did that experience sort of lead you to development in any way? I was into tech stuff and I was also good at sketching and all. So in uh, web development, I found the perfect blend between designing and programming. So that's when I decided I want to be a web developer and where I can satisfy both my needs. Was it like a hard decision to choose what to study at college? Fine arts sounds like a really exciting and interesting subject to study. But then I guess when you're going to college, you're often thinking about the jobs you're going to get at the end of it. And I can only reflect on my anecdotal experience, but my friends and people I know who study things like arts, sometimes it's not so obvious like what career to pursue afterwards. This graphic designing course is good and there was no regrets of doing it, but actually it's always about what I'm going to make out of it eventually and the career prospects in graphic designing were not very great so that's the reason I decided to go with uh, this path so I can uh, still be creative and uh, get a little bit better overall uh, income so that is the reason. Maybe this is a good opportunity to zoom out a little bit in this interview because I'd really love to learn a little bit about where in the world you're from and what the prospects for somebody who likes technology and design look like. Did you feel like there were lots of opportunities for you growing up and studying at school? No, actually, my uh, father is a teacher. He is a government teacher. I tend to come from a lower middle class family. But even though the income was not very great, my father actually invested in our studies and never actually compromised in our studies. So there was no issues in uh, college and schooling days. Uh, we did great and uh, get great education from the uh, best in institutes uh, we could afford. And uh, the career opportunity is kind of thin here in India because of the population issue. I think you might be aware of that. And there is a lot of competition around the things. So we need to be the best to, you know, get and achieve things ultimately. I was speaking with a developer in a Twitter space once from India who actually studied at university in India. He was talking about why so many Indian developers go the self-taught routes. And it's because for the best colleges or universities, honestly, there are just too many applications. And so to get accepted into those colleges, you have to be in like the top 0.1% or something. And, you know, you obviously have to demonstrate your ability through testing and test scores, which doesn't suit every type of developer rights. So that sounds honestly really challenging. And I guess I hadn't considered it, but it sounds like that applies to the job market as well. India has obviously had a booming population for, for a decade now. Every year, India becomes a force to be reckoned with, with regards to technology, because you produce so many amazing developers. And in tech hubs like Chennai, there are some incredible companies starting as well. I feel like on one hand, it's kind of exciting, but the real experience is that there's a lot of competition for these roles, and that can be kind of intimidating. Even though the population is high here, it doesn't mean that there is a lack of opportunities. Opportunities are always there for the hardworking class and I actually never have to go through that college phase because I didn't do engineering and all. I had no plans for it and uh, yeah, that person was right because the education in college and getting into engineering and all is going to be a bit costly here and getting into CS computer science field is actually very difficult. You need to be actually in one person to get that seat in computer science. So that is another story about this market in India. 
all of this combined meant that you were in a position to teach yourself coding. I like the path you took doing courses at the University of Michigan, studying Python before switching over to front-end development. I happen to know you did the front-end developer career path at Scrimba. How did you kind of go about making sure that you were remembering the things you were learning? Because I think a trap a lot of new developers fall into is that they sometimes waste more time on like research than actually learning and coding. And sometimes when they get past that initial hurdle, they spend a lot of time like watching courses and content, but they're not necessarily becoming better, more proficient, hireable developers, because in order to do that, you have to really build your own projects. Actually, uh, I was into that category only. I was jumping into tutorials after tutorials, and I was kind of stuck into tutorial hell as well. Until one day I watched a YouTube video of some Indian developer who was working in Microsoft and uh, he mentioned in the video that you are not going to learn anything if you are just watching the videos because uh, you need to you know get up and get some project based learning to actually grasp the concepts that you are watching so that's when it clicked me and uh, Scrimba was actually the kind of thing I was looking for it perfectly matched with me and I changed my approach and uh, that's when I you know actually uh, started uh, learning things and level myself up in web development. I guess because you were doing the front-end developer career path at Scrimba, we naturally lead you into React.js because it's a very hireable skill and for better or for worse, a lot of job ads are like specifically for React developers. So we think it gives you a good chance of getting hired. Is that the case? Like you just kind of fell into React because of Scrimba. And even though there are some trends in the job market, like generally speaking, there are more React jobs in the world. There are sometimes like specific areas where maybe there are more jobs with Vue.js or Angular or something. So when you start to look for jobs, you realize, oh, okay, I need to learn these new skills to become a competitive candidate. But what happened in your experience? Like, did you find that React was a good skill to know in your area? When I started my journey to web development, I was looking into hot topics and what is the technology that is being used in the Indian market. And uh, React was actually the most demanding skill then and still. So I knew I was going into React and I was was on the right path and I couldn't find a better teacher than Bob Cyril because I also tried one or two another other react courses and and I find he's the best because I was getting the knowledge in the simplest way possible and there was a lot of rewriting involved so he was actually literally forcing us to go back and repeat this there was a lot of repeating stuff and that is what actually helped me grasp the concepts and uh, cement it in my deeper deep memory. Hello, this is your producer speaking. Apart from being one of the internet's favorite React teachers, Bob is also Scrimba's head of education and he was on the show recently. It was a really interesting episode and I'll be linking it in the show notes, but until then, here's a trailer for it. I get comments asking like, hey, can you make a course about this and this and this? And I'm like, I don't know if you understand that you're talking about like a three to four month endeavor. In the evenings, sitting in my wife's tiny, tiny walk-in closet, the only place I could get good sound, I recorded the original React course, I think in 2018. It was really important to use the Scrimba platform to its full potential, which later we kind of realized that I was only scratching the surface and people liked it. The way that we teach it now is 
Everything is project-based. People always say that you should learn with a project, but Scrimba is uniquely poised to make doing those projects really easy. Anything in this life that you have gotten good at, you've done it because you practiced. The easiest way to learn something new is to do it the hardest way possible, which is to actually do it. Hey, it's Alex here coming to you from the future. We'll be right back with Vcast in just a minute. But first, I wanted to remind you that this is a weekly podcast. And one week I interview a newly hired developer like Vcast. And then the other week I speak with a hiring manager or some other industry experts so you can learn from both sides. Next week, I'm speaking with Mike Chen, who is currently a CTO at a startup, but previously worked at companies you've definitely heard of like Yahoo, Airbnb, and Google. I went to university university, but I didn't uh, study CS. I studied biochemistry. My intention was to go to medical school and I worked in clinical research for a little bit and I really didn't like it very much. So I decided not to go to medical school and not to make a huge expensive mistake. Um, decided to self-teach and back then in 2009-2010 it was much harder to learn how to code. There weren't resources like Scrimba. YouTube was like not really for teaching, it was for entertainment. All I had were books. Do make sure you subscribe or check back weekly to hear the latest episodes. And uh, there was one more thing, right, Jan? Oh yeah, we have to ask you for a favor. Basically, word of mouth is the best way to support the show. So if you're enjoying it and if you're learning from it, we would be really thankful if you shared it with someone. Chances are you are learning to code or starting your developer career. Do you know anybody else who's doing the same? Well, they might benefit from listening to this podcast as well. So why not share it with them, be it on socials, on Discord or in person. A little bit of social proof goes a long way. Thank you. And now back to the interview with Bikas. This is all amazing to hear. I kind of gathered that you started applying to jobs quite early in your journey. Like how long would you say you were coding and learning before you started to apply for jobs? And you know, when you started applying to jobs, what approach did you take? So I started learning in first week of November. November 2021. Yeah, uh, sorry. It was like first week of November. That's when I started learning HTML and CSS. Then right after that, I did complete JavaScript. And during the second week, of January, I was halfway through that React course, like 80% of the course was completed in Scrimba and I started applying for a job. Not because I wanted to get a job, only because I wanted to, you know, become more confident when the actual interview happens. So I could, you know, get the experience of giving interviews. That's brave. But I didn't know I would be able to uh, land a job as, as quickly as three months because I didn't have all the skills, but employers were seeing that uh, that person is hardworking, he is self-taught and maybe some chances uh, must be given to him. And so that's when I was able to land a job within three months. Let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, really brave to go and apply for jobs before you felt ready. I think it's scary, but I also agree that it's important you get that practice. So when the job you really want comes around, you're not interviewing and learning for the first time. You've actually got a bit of practice and experience under your belt. But then let's talk about this idea of potential, because tell me if I'm right, Vikas, but it sounds like, you know, maybe you weren't quite 100% ready even in the eyes of the interviewer, they were like, okay, maybe Vikas isn't 100% ready, but because you had been so dedicated and hardworking, learning to code in quite a short period of time, 
they were like, well, you know, Vikas is a rocket ship, basically. He's on a good trajectory. Let's bring him on board and, you know, work together for a bit. Yes, actually, uh, one of the interviews that he didn't quite actually hire me, but he told me, Vikas, you are one of the very few people that I've interviewed in my life. And uh, actually, the position was kind of high level and uh, they would actually looking for a developer with at least one year of experience. And it was not in his hands to hire me. But he said he was was actually kind of impressed with me and said if it was in his hand he would definitely hire me and uh, he also told me you are going to be a great developer one day don't leave the path that you are right now and uh, good luck for your future endeavors uh, he he was kind of uh, impressed with me how did it feel when you got that feedback <laughs> i couldn't believe it i had this friend with me i, I actually i was staying at, at my friends because i couldn't study and concentrate actually so at my home so i went to some other city where my friend was staying and I was staying with him for the past uh, one month. And then you went on to interview another job. Mm -hmm. And when I got that email from the HR that congratulations because uh, you have been shortlisted. I was so happy and I couldn't believe myself that I was able to crack a job but it actually happened. I was very happy. We went out. I gave him treat for that and yeah that was a wonderful memory. I couldn't join because uh, I didn't know the shady practice behind the scenes. There was a bond involved and that too was of two years. So that was a no-go for me. So I was hesitant and I didn't take it because two years is a lot of time and I could easily be exploited. So I started looking at other opportunities. Did I understand that right, Vikas? They wanted you to sign like a two-year contract. So yeah. you would have to work for them for two years and you couldn't leave unless maybe there was a panel or something yeah wow and that penalty was quite hefty as well so it was definitely a no-go from me i would rather be jobless than working for a company like that so but that must have been a difficult sort of equation because you know it sounds like you were ready to start working as a developer you had this opportunity in front of you but you just weren't prepared to make that compromise basically no i would never let anyone exploit me uh, no matter the circumstances so that actually was not a very hard decision for me and then i moved ahead and I started giving interviews and there was this another employer who see the potential in me and uh, we had a phone call and even in that phone call he was kind of interested in me and he offered me to work for him for like three days and then he was going to decide uh, whether or not uh, I was a good fit for the company so I started working for them I worked for like three days and I was given a task to learn Firebase and uh, implement some of its concepts in a project uh, the project was uh, quite basic but uh, there was a lot of new learning because I haven't touched Firebase before so I did give my best and I couldn't complete the project in three days I was there like uh, 80 to 90 percent but I couldn't get the 100 percent results out of it and uh, the last day was Friday that was the third day so I was quite uh, disappointed with me because I knew that I am not going to make it because I couldn't complete the task that was given to me so I let it go and the weekend passed by and on Monday day I got a call at around 10 a.m. Uh, from that employer and I was in some other city because I never actually uh, thought I was going to get a call back from him again 
<laughs> you moved on. Yeah, I moved on. But I got the call. I got the call from him and I was surprised. And he started going through the company cultures and telling me how this company works and uh, what are the things we do. He actually didn't quite mention that I was hired. He just started like we work like this and this is how we work. And these are uh, our clients and this is what we uh, generally do. So I kind of get the idea, but I was uh, still skeptical about it. So I asked, am I in? He said, yes, 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 because you are in. But I said I couldn't uh, do the task that was given to me. He said, we actually expected words, but you have achieved more than we expected from you. So yeah, welcome to the company. And that was like the best moment in my life because it was my uh, first job in my life. Yeah. So that was great. Oh my God, that's amazing. I mean, learning number one, never count yourself out. I think it's so easy to think you failed and judge your own performance, but you're not qualified to judge your own performance, right? That's their job. So you can only do your best and trust. And I get it. Like sometimes you feel bad about a test or an interview and you're pretty sure you've bombed it. But this experience just shows that you can never be sure. And yeah, the other really big learning there, I think, is that some job interviews, some coding tasks, whether it's in India or the West, they're designed to push you to the limits of your knowledge. And they're designed a little bit to put you under pressure. Uh, maybe they were just literally looking for someone who could do 80% as it sounds they were when they told you we were expecting worse. We've been trying to schedule this interview for a long time due to various situations to do with travel and stuff. But since we actually connected, you've actually uh, gone on to get another job. You got an opportunity to join a different company about five months later. How did the new job opportunity come about and what can you tell us about it, Vikas? When I got into the uh, first company where I was actually working, I was under a lot of pressure because I was just in front-end development for three months and that task involved back-end concepts as well. So I was learning uh, Node.js, Express, MongoDB, as well as advanced React topics that I was not aware of. So one of my seniors uh, has seen the burnout in me and he suggested me because you are burning out and uh, that is not going to end very good for you so I suggest you uh, you start looking for opportunity in uh, front end only and when you are confident in that sector for like one to two years you can also learn back end and get full stack but before that I think you need to learn and get better at front end only so that's when I decided to take that route and I started applying for jobs. Interesting that's very good advice no? Yeah after that I started looking for opportunities and I got another role as a React Native developer. Uh, it has been like 3-4 months since I've been working here and the work culture is great. I have received a remote uh, opportunity and yeah, so far so good. So the first job you got, did you have to be in the office to do that one? But this new job you get to do remotely, is that right? No, actually both were remote. First one was fully remote and there was no commitment from my side or their side to come and join office anytime. But the second company was going to ask me to join office after one to two months. But then they decided uh, I was working quite well and things are flexible. So uh, they never forced me to come join an office and it was quite good. It's working well, right? now i was able to complete the 
tasks from home only and it is going smoothly so uh, it's cool from their side as well Vikas do you terribly mind if I ask how old you are Right now I'm uh, 26 years old It's remarkable because you're part of like a generation I think you might have done some photography and stuff before but as far as graduating and and going into like an office job and stuff this is your first experience and you know it's all completely remote and working from home and, and you know just a few years ago before the pandemic that never would have been the case probably how do you feel about it like is it is it strange do you think you're missing out on anything from like not being in the office maybe uh yeah i kind of get the feeling sometimes to you know actually go out and uh, get office job and get the feeling of office because i've been watching some youtube serials tv shows that actually uh revolves around office culture and uh, once in my lifetime like suits in the office and stuff what are we talking about uh, yeah actually there was a tv series in india quite popular that uh, its name is cubicle actually uh, that office cubicle and it revolves around a guy who works in an mnc and uh, got his first job recently and how excited he was about his first job and how he is going to in- spend his first salary and all and how uh, mature he gets with time and yeah actually it's uh, quite uh, a good story and uh, that's uh, what encourages me to one day go and live a office life so that's what i'm going to do in uh, next few years i think that's a good timeline because on youtube sometimes i watch like day in the life of a software developer videos if you come across those yeah i watch a lot mostly <laughs> and in bigger companies like google microsoft and amazon yeah yeah exactly i saw one about this intern at facebook no it was google sorry and google have a campus and you have to get a bus to go there and there were a bunch of interns on the bus but when he gets to the office even today it's like empty it's like a ghost town so i think maybe it's a few years until people really get back into the offices and stuff Yeah actually uh, what i think is i should have joined a office job instead of a remote job because you get to learn a lot from all the other developers around you in a work from home setting you need to go specially and go text some senior and after 5 to 10 minutes he gets back to you and there is a lack of communication that i'm feeling so what i would do if i get my first job again is i would go and join a office for like 1 to 2 years so get all the experience that i can because it is a very crucial for a fresher to get the office experience first before going to uh, get the remote opportunity I think that's really great advice and I think it's especially great coming from you because you obviously can benefit from working from home but you can also identify where maybe some of the gaps are in places where you could be maybe learning from your peers and seniors in person. I think personally I'm at a stage in my career where working asynchronously suits me because I've built my skills and now I can just focus on the tasks and the work and we check in when is necessary. But my first two or three years was 100% in the office. this and i have to say that's when i was a junior developer and there were so many times when like i would be sitting at the desk and then opposite me like a senior developer would be talking to another senior developer and i could just like observe and listen and maybe join the conversation but today i would never get that chance because they would just schedule a zoom meeting and you know it's impossible to be a fly on the wall and even things like lunchtime you know like oftentimes we'd be have a lunch table and we would be talking about not always like a coding concept but i just remember learning random things that made me a better 
programmer and a better technologist. We were talking about like iPhones and, and why you can't change the time on your iPhone anymore. And it's to do with like encryption and timestamps and all these things. Anyway, just two random memories. But I think I see what you're saying completely. Yeah, I kind of feel that I could be a, a lot better developer in the time frame that I've been working if I was working from an office. But it's OK. I'm coping with it. What do you think about like a hybrid approach? Like, do you think a situation where like you work from home four days and work in the office two days would be like the best of both worlds for a junior developer? In India, I would say hybrid model is not a very good option. Uh, it is just my opinion, but there are some cities where the traffic is really, really bad. You get to wait around one to two hours just to complete a distance of like eight to 10 kilometers. But if you are uh, working from home, it's fine. You get to save the commute and living expenses and all. But if there is this hybrid model, uh, no matter you are working uh, four days from home or uh, two days from office, but you are going to be living in that city only so the living costs are going to be get included so not a very successful model in my opinion either it should be office or either should be fully remote most of the people are from small uh, cities and the offices are located in prime or like bigger cities only. So that is one of the main reasons that uh, people want to either work from home or work from office. We're almost out of time, Vikas, unfortunately, but I did want to draw attention to one thing, which is that when you posted in Discord about your new job, and by the way, for anyone listening, there's a Scrimba Discord community where people post when they get jobs and get hired and things like that. Vikas, you posted about your first job, but you also posted about your promotion, and you mentioned that you managed to triple your current salary. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Like, were you expecting to make such a big jump in salary so early? And yeah, like, what's your observation there like why did you manage to increase your salary like that actually i didn't expect that ever in my lifetime that i would get double or triple salary because even though i was uh, watching these youtube videos where people were getting 500 percent hike 600 even 800 percent hikes i never myself thought that i would be able to get it but one day when i was in on a call with some employer and he also kind of got fascinated because he was uh, going through his company ethics and how this company works and I suggested some ideas. I throw in some ideas from my side and he kind of liked it that this person is going to be a very important asset in our company and he didn't even ask my previous salary. He just offered me the salary and it was it turns out to be three times my current salary. Oh my god. That must have been an amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. Alright well Vikas, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you so much for joining me on the Scrimber podcast. Uh, you too Alex. I was trying for like the past three four months to come and talk to you on this uh, scrimba podcast and eventually i'm here and i'm very happy about it that was vikas check out the show notes for the ways to connect with him like on linkedin or on scrimba's discord server by the way on his linkedin you will find both his cv and his portfolio so that could be interesting to check out if you made it this far, why not subscribe? Or if you're feeling extra supportive, you can also leave us a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. If there's a way to leave a rating or a review, please consider doing it. It really helps. The show is hosted by Alex Booker, with whom you can connect on Twitter. His Twitter handle is also in the show notes and produced by me. I'm Jan Arsinovic, and we'll be here again next Tuesday when the guest of the Scrimba podcast will be Mike Chen. See you next week.